Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast, and we have an incredible lineup coming up here. We have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division III coaches, some great high school fo- football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, so please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. It's something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar, and full contact, and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model, at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. Joining me on the podcast today is the strength and conditioning coach at Louisiana Tech, Kurt Hester. He's been here before with us, and I think he's just one of the the brightest minds in the field. And we're going to talk about two things today. Just thoughts on where the field needs to go. What strength and conditioning, high performance, whatever you want to call it, really belongs in our program. And, and, you know, you're going to hear us talk about it. We've talked about it before on this podcast that... We need to look at it differently, and, and that needs to be elevated in a way. You know, a lot of a lot of those guys on game day, you know, relegated to the get-back coach, and, and that's not what they are. These guys are truly professionals who could help us as coaches. And, and then we'll finish up with a little bit on what to do for our athletes right now during a time, you know, that's unprecedented. They're away from us, some of them without equipment or guidance, so what we could do for our athletes today. So joining me on the podcast again, uh, strength and conditioning coach, at Louisiana Tech, Kurt Hester. Kurt, I really appreciate you taking this time. I know you're very busy right now. No problem, brother. It's always good to speak 
with you, Keith, and USA Football because you have a great product and have a great service to coaches around the country. So I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, Coach, there's, there's a lot of things we could talk about just in, in that whole idea of, of where the field needs to go. And I was so excited the last time you and I talked. I remember I was on vacation, but I wanted to squeeze in and talk with you. You were in the midst of, I think, the beginning of camp and really involved with your coaches. You were in meeting rooms. You were out on the field looking at drills. And I was so excited to hear, I guess, just how your coaching staff really embraced what you do. And instead of just being the guy we send our kids off to for, you know, the off season and the guy who runs warm up or you know, I know you don't do it, but again, as I said before, that stereotypical get back coach, there's a much, much better marriage between what you do and, and what we do as coaches than, than we've looked at in the past. And, you know, so I'll, I'll kick it over to you on those thoughts. Yeah, even you know, extending from your conversation with Eric Corum, William Mary about, you know, he's a professional, he's not a get back coach, is, you know, even on the on, on game day, you know, after getting our guys ready mentally and physically you know on the sidelines i'm more involved with special teams and at the same time you know the coaches have headsets on and they're worried about the calls they're worried about getting guys on and off the field in different situations so i'm more in tune to what the players are saying coming in uh, on and off the field they're you know exactly what you know from a standpoint of when they're on the field performing if they if they screw up when they're coming off the field, is getting their mind right to forget about that play, figure out what went wrong, and focus on the next play. Because I'm I'm big into hand skills and martial arts with our with our D line and our O line. They'll come off and say, "Look, this is not working. What can I do to counter things?" So I'm more in tune to what's happening on the field and what's happening to the player mentally, you know, about their body language, their verbiage, on the sidelines, and so I'm helping out from those aspects because the position coaches have headsets on. They don't hear any, they don't hear a lot of that stuff. So just from the standpoint of, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, and do jumping jacks and wave towels and, 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 and be, you know, just a, a get back guy. And that's what I do on the sidelines or again, no, because I'm, I'm wasting my talent, wasting the knowledge that I've acquired over 30 years in the field. And, you know, I can, you can get an intern to do that. You can get the walk-ons who aren't playing to do that. So, you know, I, I think that was a great statement by Eric when, when you all had that conversation. So just from that standpoint, you know, being more in tune to what's going on and what's happening mentally with your athletes during the game. And, you know, just as far as, you know, the feel, you know, I think we've been so relegated to numbers and being a slave to numbers to head football coaches that they want to see improvement. And, you know, once you get to a certain strength, that strength's not going to, it's not going to apply to the field, you know, by position. And so there's so many things that we can be doing other than trying to get our guys stronger, trying to basically just get our guys faster, trying to run our guys in the ground condition wise to satisfy football coaches you know, is there's so much more with vision and cognition work. There's so much more with martial arts and, and skill acquisition as far as helping the position coach teach the wide receivers, you know, their routes, their, you know, working on their hands, working, you know, on a lot of aspects of the game that we really don't do because we're so 
so into the saying, you know, okay, we have to do our strength work, and then now we have to do our speed work. Okay, now we have to go do our condition work, and then we're losing the uh, what we're losing the fact is that is you're training an athlete, you're training a warrior on the field, and it goes far beyond uh, just power clean, squat, bench, and some mobility work, and some basic speed work, and some basic plyometrics, and that we could be doing a whole lot more for our athletes. And, you know, for coaches to say, well, we don't have time, it's bullshit because I don't have, even have a staff. I have two paid interns, and we get a lot done year-round. Yeah, Coach, and I, you know, I think when we look at this, this is, this is a two-way street too, right? Because if you are one of those guys just getting into the strength and conditioning or even if you've been there a while, you, you have to have that approach too that, you know, you don't want your knowledge base just to stop at all those those movements and, and you know, body positions and postures, et cetera, that you need in the weight room or that you need, you know, on, on, uh, on the field during sprints, et cetera, that you need to understand, you know, what each of those positions is looking at in terms of, you know, their expectations for technique, skill acquisition, performance on the field because as you said you know you started this off like you could be that guy on game day who you know can address that left tackle who had a couple issues and you know you guys are really good at at spotting the the body you know positions movements etc just like the the coaches are so if you have that eye for it and maybe that coach is looking you know what did they do scheme wise and you know can't necessarily focus on the the technique of that guy that's a huge and valuable skill set to have for the coaching staff and really for you in this profession? Well, I mean, it's just kind of goes back to, to the coach's eye. I mean, most young coaches, you know, from a, from a, an, a visual standpoint, they can't, they can't even pick out what an athlete's doing wrong on a, on a power clean or a squat most of the time. And, you know, because of velocity based training, most young coaches stare at a, stare at a, a unit and look at, output more than they they do it look at the the technical value of of the athlete lifting and so they haven't developed an eye and you have to you have to spend a lot of time in position meetings with the position coach listening to what what technical advice he's given the athletes on certain situations on certain calls and and really learn it and be able to utilize it in training so that on game day that you can help that athlete with some of the problems that they're experiencing. Yeah, that that's exactly it. And um you know, as as I said, it's a, a two-way street. So, you've done this. I know you've become probably uh busier because of it, you know, when as I said when I talked to you in in uh late July, um you were in between meetings, you were meeting with a defensive coordinator, you were talking recruiting like you had been integrated into everything. So, for that coaches out there, no matter what level, what recommendations do you have to, I guess, start to open those doors? Because I, I know, you know, from our side as, as coaches, again, this is this might be a little bit new and different. It might not be in our thought process. There might be a paradigm we have to break. But your thoughts on how, on the strength and conditioning side, a, a coach could get started in doing some of these things? Hey, for some reason, I've always been like a big guy strength coach. I've always gravitated to O&D linemen, especially O-linemen. No matter what, no matter where I was at, whether it was training guys for the draft, whether it was, you know, coaching in college, working with NFL programs, consulting. And for some reason, 
I don't know. Offensive line coaches are the ones that are the ones that are very, very receptive everywhere I've been. And so I don't know if that's nationwide or just that's their, their MO, but that's kind of how I started. I started with O-line, getting with the O-line coach and in, in spring ball and in camp and, and working with, with him. Cause he was, you know, we don't have a whole lot of staff here at tech. So another body, he was like, hell yeah. You know, Kurt come out and hang out with, with us and help me out. And, but that's kind of where I started and working, you know, doing a lot of the Charles Bentley stuff and learning, learning a lot of the technical things that Charles Bentley does on his O-line performance. And then just, you know, the O-line coach asking me, uh, you know, for input on, on, on certain skill sets. And that's kind of where I started. And then I moved to D-line because of, because of a martial arts background and, Worked with a you know D line coach who was super receptive, loved all the hand skill work, and then I think from that point, me asking every other position coach, you know, can I sit in your meetings and can I learn the, the technical aspects of how you teach, you know, your your position, and then it just kind of trickled down to then all you know we've had different staffs in eight years. We've had eight different staffs for football. And so, I mean, you're talking about like clean house, all of you guys come in, but every, every coach has come in because we've already set, set that standard of me being in, in the meeting rooms. So they've always, you know, been super receptive. And even today, you know, we have, you know, we're on Zoom for everything. And, you know, position coaches like, all right, Kurt, I'm going to send you the ID number so you can be in, be in our, our position meetings right now because, you know, we can't meet in person. So I've got, position meetings all week, you know, uh, even set up right now. Let's, let's take that on the flip side, coach. You, you've had guys come to you and, and start this. And so, you know, if this is something new to a program and, and ha- they haven't done it before, the, the coaches or a single coach, you know, making that, that, that connection with the strength and conditioning coach, you know, recommend, recommendations on how he gets that started because he also can't make this, you know, for a guy maybe who hasn't done it before that he's, he's drinking out of the fire hose. So I guess ways that they can help in this process in, in a, a position coach can help get this started. I've never had that. I've never had the, the flip side cause I'm pretty aggressive and I'm always going trying to, you know, I'm always going trying to figure out, you know, a better way to train, a better way to, to put a football athlete on the field to, to perform better. You know, I think that if it, you're doing the athlete a disservice, you're doing the program a disservice, you know. If you don't acquiesce and, and to the uh, position coach and help and help them, you're doing yourself a disservice as far as you know, longevity in the field. Because the more connections you make with those position coaches, the the more apt you're going to stay on the staff. The more apt that they're going to recommend you to other staffs. So, just from the standpoint of of moving up in the field, it would be really, really a disservice to yourself to not pursue working with each position coach, you know, throughout, throughout the year. Absolutely. As, as far as a knowledge base, right. So, so guys, I guess, just getting into this, you know, do you recommend their approach to be start, start thinking like your position coach? So if you know, Hey, my QB coach is open to this. I mean, are they approaching it the same way and starting to, to, to understand better drops, mechanics, it's, it's, you know, the essential stuff to the position where maybe they can be a great set of eyes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's twofold. I think the strength coach has to start thinking like a position coach and then figuring out all the things that he can do throughout a cycle to help facilitate what that position coach wants. And I think a position coach has to start thinking like a, like a sports scientist and a biomechanist and, you know, to, okay, from the knowledge of, of the performance staff, how can I better incorporate some things that truly help these athletes and in, in, in skill acquisition? Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff that football coaches do are just like silly, dumb drills that have no bearing. On, it's like a waste of time. All they do is fatiguing their fatiguing the athlete and just kind of filling filling time before they go to you know team or or you know to uh, to other other drills and it, you know and and just that communication of like you know let's throw all this stuff out and quit fatiguing the athlete for no reason just to, to kill certain periods throughout a practice. And let's do all the things that, that are going to actually help the athlete become a better athlete at that position. Coach, before we move into uh, the next topic here, uh, just some final thoughts on, you know, where, where the field's going and what you see as best, best practices moving forward. As a field, we're a lot more educated than we used to be, and we continue to move from that, from that point. I think sometimes, though, we – tend to, especially myself, we tend to overthink a lot of things and, you know, we, we, we tend to make things a little too complicated, but, you know, I think we're, we're moving forward. The problem is that you have, and, you know, and I know this is a football USA football podcast, but it's football coaches getting our way, you know, they get in the way of, of our feel because of what their, basically their history of what they've seen in the past and, what was done at school A and they won this and what was done at school B and they won that, which has no meaning or no bearing on the team that you're on right now. And so, you know, if football coaches would, would, would actually sit down, learn more science, learn more biomechanics, actually sit down and listen, truly listen to their performance staff. And, and if, and if you're not listening to your guy, he might not be the right guy. He might not be. He might not be good enough. You know, you might need to go find. You know, might need to be able to find another guy, because you know there should there, there should be this synergism between the entire football staff and the strength staff that's cohesive for one goal, and that's and that's that's to build a better team. And but I really think our feel because I've seen like. You know, some really good guys in, my, in, 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 the, in the collegiate setting get basically destroyed by the head coach by trying to do what is physiologically correct for, for the team. I mean, especially when it comes to conditioning and, and training, because everything that a football coach wants, it has to be hard. It has to be to where the athlete drops down dead. It has to be, you know, there has to be no rest. Ha- I mean, so it's, you know, if they just, football coach just understood that basic physiology they would have better teams but you know they they because of their past history they refuse to listen to to the guy they hired you know i, I think it, it in order for my field to progress because everything comes off of football whatever football does every other sport kind of pretty much does you know follow suit so as soon as football decides that they want to hire true professionals and actually incorporate them and listen to them, then our field can expand and, and we'll, we won't have so many idiots in the field who are just yellers and screamers and 
run around doing jumping jacks and doing idiotic things to quote unquote have juice and and actually bring something to the table to the program. So you know, I know a lot of football coaches out there are probably not too happy about what I'm saying, but that's it is what it is, man. No, Kurt, and I appreciate your your honesty here, and you know that that's why I've brought you on. Coach, uh, we're going to get into the the last part here of this talk, and you know everybody's aware of what's going on right now, and I think we're just looking for what are the best things we can do for our athletes right now who may or may not have access to equipment, may or may not have a, a place to run, depending on what's going on within you know, in, in their state or in their community with shelter at home, et cetera. So what approach should we take right now in helping our athletes through this time? You know, what's going on with the C-19, you know, I, I think it's, I mean, you have to adapt and overcome and you have to, you know, project that to your athletes that, you know, that we're going to adapt and overcome through this situation, that, that it is what it is. And then we're going to, and we're going to get as much out of it as we can. So, I mean, we set up uh, as a staff, as far as a football staff, we have a Zoom conference every morning at 8.30. We go through all the logistics, all the things that we have to get done uh, for our athletes, uh, you know, moving in our dorms, you know, getting, still getting checks, um, you know, moving home, stay, whether they're staying on, on the staff, you know, on, you know on, in, in Ruston and, and not leaving. And so, I mean, all that, that's been like the first – you know, a few days of trying to get all that situated, trying to get the athletes comfortable, where, whether they're staying at home or not, or staying, uh, you know, up on campus. And then, you know, moving from there, you know, coming from a school with not a whole lot of uh, resources. So I don't have like Team Builder or Coach Me Plus or Train Heroic or any of these, these uh, apps to where you can, you know, download workouts and send things, you know, to them every day off an app. So what we did was we, uh, we knew we were going to shut down, so we went into uh, hyper mode and started uh, doing videos for different body weight workouts, different speed workouts, different conditioning workouts that you could do, you know, within a, you know at a small park or outside, and uh, and download them on YouTube, and having like our own YouTube channel where they could access the videos really fast off their iPhone, and uh, then I set up each. Uh, position into a a, uh, a a text chat so that I could speak to each position group at a time uh, and do uh, FaceTime calls if we didn't want to use Zoom and where I send like videos and uh, of training to them uh, to certain guys who have certain questions and, and have more equipment versus guys who don't have equipment um, and then just trying to you know be there for them as you know someone to talk to because they're because of stressful times and uh, you know, the communication is everything and staying, staying, uh, staying up with them uh, academically is probably going to be, you know, the, the biggest challenge challenge. I think I worry more about their academic uh, path and their athletic path uh, at this point um, because I can, I can make up for time and get them ready for the season, but you cannot make up for failing a class. Right. Exactly. Coach, I guess, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of tips and I see everybody on the internet giving this workout or that workout, but uh, I guess, again, kind of best, best practices for 
you know, facing this, this challenge of, uh, no equipment, no facilities or limited, et cetera, um, for our athletes. And as coaches, just again, helping them, uh, at least get, get a focus on how they should develop during this time. You know, I mean, you see like the millions of, uh, you know, body weight, uh, workouts, uh, and then just using like household items. And we did some videos using, uh, you know, gallon jugs, either filled with water or filled with sand, using broomstick handles, using a towel. And, you know, we put out these videos on, on, on the, on YouTube. And then we put out some bar, uh, barbell workouts. We just had a barbell, with some, some basic weights. Um, then, you know, we sent out protocol. If, if guys were sneaking into their old high school or finding a way into a gym, uh, you know, uh, where it's just a full scale, um, you know, cycle, and, you know, for the most part, sprinting and jumping is strength. And, you know, you're going to get – you only go so far with body weight workouts. You, you know, your, your general physical preparation is going to go up. But, and you're going to maintain a certain amount of strength, but it's not going to do what, what the weight room does. But in the same token that, you know, if you're, if you're doing sprint work, if you're doing – if you're sprinting hills, if you're sprinting stadiums, if you're doing – Plyometric work that is strength, and you will maintain a higher amount of of more usable strength and functional strength than um, than normally if you if you don't do it. So, um, you know, I, I have our athletes concentrating more on on uh, short acceleration bursts and plyometrics and keeping their overall conditioning up because that's what you know when you come back, the strength's going to come back fast. I mean, they, they've all developed, they've all been training for, for, for quite a few years and the strength in a matter of two weeks is going to, is going to, is going to come up really, really high, really quick. So I'm not worried about that with our athletes. I'm more worried about them getting outside, getting in the sun, getting D3, uh, you know, through the sun and, and staying, staying explosive and staying condition wise, um, and working on their, and working on their individual skills. Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're focusing on right now because that's what we can do that. We can progress through, through these next couple of weeks doing, doing those things. Coach, um, as always, I appreciate your time. I know you are a busy man. And as you, as you told me before, even busier right now and in, in trying to just keep everybody uh, moving forward. So uh, appreciate all your thoughts. I, I'd like to have you on cause I feel like you're a leader in this space. I like how you think about this and, you know, the, the perspective from both sides of it and being able to share those things. And for our listeners out there, Coach, what's the, uh, your Twitter handle so they could connect? It's just at the Kurt Hester. Coach, uh, thanks again. And, um, you know, I hope things get back to normal for all of us here. And good luck to you and La Tech here in 2020. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Coaches, again, I want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Uh, check it out, all of our, our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks 
at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.